If you've got your Bibles, go to the fourth chapter of the book of Esther. We're going to be concentrating around the 14th verse. I love this part of Esther, the 14th verse. We're going to start with the 11th, but we're going to start and we're going to concentrate on the 14th. God is good. And it looks like that we're living in terrible times. And we are. And Paul says to Timothy, he says, know this, that perilous times will come. And then he starts to list all these things that will happen in that day. And we're living in, in the midst of that day. But the Lord has shown me something that it is an encouragement to me that out of 7 billion people that's on planet Earth, that if only two served him, he can still start a fire and turn this thing around. God can start a fire anywhere that we go. And the thing about the fire that God starts, it's a consuming fire. Everybody say amen. And John the Baptist said, one is coming who will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Because the fire is consuming. And so all it has to do is just start. And when you start a fire, you start with kindling. Isn't that something? Something is dry. You didn't get that. God starts the fire with something that's dry. So when you say, you know, the church is dry, then you are primed for revival. Somebody say amen. So you know what? I feel like that we're primed for revival. I don't feel like we're dry. I feel just the opposite. But I will tell you this, that there's more. There's a lot more. There's a lot more. And if we ask God, he'll give it to us. Now, I'm going to try to preach this. In the fourth chapter of Esther, starting with the 11th verse, all the king's servants and the people of the king's province know that for any man or woman who comes to, this is Esther talking, comes to the king, to the inner court, who is not summons, he has but one law that he put, be put to death. Unless the king holds out to him the golden scepter so that he may live, and I have not been summoned to come to the king for these 30 days. Now, pay attention here. And they related Esther's words to Mordecai. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, Do not imagine that you in the king's palace can escape any more than all the Jews. How many of you see that? For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not attained, <coughs> attained royalty for such a time as this. How many of you have seen that? Now, in John chapter 10 and verse 10, Jesus says something. He says, the thief only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
Jesus said, but I come to give life and that they may have it more abundantly. Okay, so Jesus has come to give us the abundant life. But Jesus says something that's really interesting here in John chapter 10 and verse 10. He says the thief only comes to steal and kill. And you'd think that would be enough. But he says to steal, kill, and to destroy. And, the, and listen to what the enemy wants to do. He wants to destroy your legacy. He wants to destroy your name. He wants to destroy the kingdom of God. Now, how does he destroy the kingdom of God? When he seduces the people, when they stop re re relying on the Lord Jesus Christ for everything. So he says, I come to steal their legacy. He said, then I will kill them. And then he said, I am going to destroy everything about them. Now, that's what Mordecai says to Esther. He says this, he's saying this, he says, now, the Jews are going to be delivered. And I'm not going to get into the prophecies of the last day. But listen, things in the United States can turn around all the time. That right now, we are uh, one of the alliance to Israel. And as a matter of fact, I think that we are the only ally that they have. And then one day, that ally will be gone. And, and when they do, now understand something. God is still going to deliver Israel. Because Israel will always have one ally, and that ally will be the church. The, the Jewish people do not understand that we are praying for them. And, and uh, Yahoo even said to John Hagee, he said, how come Christians are praying for us? And he said, because we came from you. And he said, God put us here that we might pray for you, that you might come back to know him. So Israel's always going to have one ally. And that ally will be the church. But here's one thing that you need to understand. That God will deliver Israel. And he will not have to use a human agency to do that. By his mighty arm, he will deliver them. And what Mordecai is saying to Esther, he's saying, Esther, now listen, I want you to understand something. God will deliver the Jews. Someone will arise, or God will arise, and will deliver the Jews. But do you not know that you and your father's house will be will perish? Now, this is something interesting because her father had already passed away. And her family was gone. And Mordecai was her uncle. And he was raising her. So he's going to say, even the memory of your father's house is going to be destroyed. Now, the devil would just love for the memory of Christ to be gone. How many of you know it's not going to happen? Okay. So we're going to go on here. Now, the Bible says something here. It says, for everyone new, okay, every man and every woman, you only come to the king when you're summons. You can only come to the king when you're summons, and the, the Jews have a very serious problem. But here's, here's what the devil doesn't understand. When the devil involves God, he's in trouble. How many of you understand that right now the devil is in trouble? You understand that the son of perdition or the antichrist that Paul talks about in the, uh, the, the, to the Thessalonians would love to come on the scene right now. He is there ready to come on the scene, but he can't come on the scene because he has to have permission to come on the scene. And you know what the permission is? When the church falls away. How about the church becoming hotter right now than it's ever been before? 
How about releasing the gifts in the church so that God can speak? Now, now, the speaking in tongues this morning might be new to some of you, but it's very, very old. It was in the early church, and what it is is that God gives messages through the language of the Holy Spirit. Now, God says that language builds you up. He said, but you also need to build the church up. And how do you build the church up is when one interprets and prophesies and starts to edify. Somebody say amen. So God is using the gifts now that some people or some pastors have just laid to the side. Understand something about the Baptist church, okay? I'm kind of a Baptocostal because I don't believe in, in grace the same way the Pentecostals do. I, I do not believe that God's got chalk in one hand and eraser in the other. But I do believe through false doctrine that we can fall away from God very, very quick. Somebody give me an amen to that. But listen, here's what I believe. I believe that we have a merciful God who loves us and is rich in loving kindness and the mercy that he bestows on us. I believe that. I believe that God is ready to take up arms for us anytime that we ask him. Say amen to that. Now, when he takes up arms for us, it's not like the world thinks because even the disciples themselves thought that Jesus was going to come in and take over what wrong? It's not going to happen that way. Jesus is going to come in and he's going to provide for you and he's going to provide for me health and salvation and healing. Somebody say amen to that. So what we have here, he says, she says, I have not been summoned to the king for some 30 days. Now, Esther has been told of the plot of Haman against the Jews. Now, all of the Jews are going to be annihilated. Okay. Now, Mordecai knows that's not right, but he's going to try. He's going to kill a lot of Jews. And that story needs to get to the king. It can't get to the king, but only through one person. And that person that has to go to him is Esther, his wife. And we think, well, why doesn't she just go in? Because he's still the king. I'm going to go ahead in the story here real quick, and then I'm going to come back to the story. The problem that Haman had before he dies is that he relied on the queen. He, he falls on the mercy of the queen. Listen, when you fall on mercy, fall on the mercy of the king. And fall on God's mercy. If Haman had fell on the mercy of the king, he might not have died, but he fell on the mercy of the queen. And the king is the one you want to follow on. Somebody say amen. Fall on the mercy of the king, and his name is Jesus. So we'll go on with this story, okay? So Esther has not been, been summoned to the king for some 30 days. And she knows that if she goes, that, that, uh, that if that golden scepter is not... Uh, reached out towards her, he's going to kill her because that's the law. He has to kill her, even if she's his wife. And so she does something. She says, now here's what I want you to do. She said, I want you to pray and fast for three days. And me and my handmaidens, we're going to pray and fast for three days. And she said, now I'm going to go before that king. And these are memorable words that never will be forgotten as long as man is on the earth. She said, I will go before the king, and if I perish, then I perish. Now understand something. We get to go before the king all the time because the scepter is held out to us constantly. 
24-7. And so we don't have to say if I perish. But in this life, we need to fast and pray for our country like we've never fasted and prayed before. Because our country is in jeopardy. Everything in our country is hanging right now in the balance. And let me tell you something. The Democrats don't have a thing to say about it. And the Republicans don't have a thing to say about it. And the liberals don't have a thing to say about it. And the conservatives don't have a thing to say about it. The church has everything to say about it. And that's why in 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and, and verses 13 through 16, he says, if my people who are called by my name. Listen, he said he wanted his people to call on his name. And who are his people today? The church of the living God. And here's what he said to them. He said, first of all, you need to recognize who you are. And you need to recognize this. You need to recognize that you're not walking the way I want you to walk. He said, and that is called wickedness. He said the church has to humble itself before him. It says the church has to repent and turn from their wicked ways. He's talking to the church. Listen to me. Shame on the church when you go to a church where you can't find healing. Shame on the church where you go to church and you can't find deliverance. Shame on the church when you can't find salvation. Somebody say amen. When we go into the church, listen, we go in, we're not perfect. Only through the blood of Jesus. Somebody say amen. And because of the blood of Jesus, we are. But let me tell you something that hits every one of us every now and then. And if we want to lie and say it, doesn't, that's fine. But every now and then, fear strikes us. And when fear strikes us, we need to go to the word to overcome the fear that tries to take a hold of us. Listen, one of the problems that we have in the church is that we are not going to the word for the answer. The answer for your family is the word. Your family, your answer to your physical structure if you're sick is the word. If you have affliction, it's the word. Listen to me. If you have addictions of any kind, go to the word. The word will not lie. I just told a young man yesterday. He said, I don't understand grace. And I said, I know because you don't go to the word. The word is full of grace. And if you want to understand the grace of God, go to the word. It'll tell you how to go and it'll tell you how to get better. It'll tell you how to get well. We have the right to go in with boldness. Uh, a pastor just read it this morning. He didn't know my message and we're in my office and, 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 and Pastor Don starts to speak about my message. And to me, that's just totally amazing because they don't know. Go to the Word. Okay? Now, the, the, the kingdom, I mean the Jews at that time, their life is in the balance. And their life hangs on one woman. Listen, your life is in the balance and your life hangs on one man. And his name is Jesus. And Jesus did everything at the cross for us. He took care of our redemption. He took care of our salvation. He took care of our deliverance. And praise God, he took care of our resurrection. When we look at that, there's nothing that we ought to fear. Let the church say amen. amen. So does fear hit us? Fear hits us all the time. 
But Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together, that he's right there in the midst of them. He tells us that in Matthew chapter 18, starting with the 18th verse. And I like this. Listen to what he says. He says, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Now listen, when they came to him and they was rejoicing and they said, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, don't rejoice because the demons are subject to you, but rejoice because your name is written in heaven. Because your name is written in heaven. And that word heavenly is where the devil is. And every time that we pray, we are destroying the kingdom of the devil. We're destroying the kingdom of Satan. He says, so I want you to enter right into his presence. And I want you to take the word of God right into his presence. And then I want two or three of you to gather together. And there I want you to bind him in his own kingdom. And we say, we got to go to his kingdom. The Bible teaches us about a man named Shammah. And Shammah was a mighty warrior of David. And you know what he did? He, he followed a lion who was wounded. Understand something. The worst kind of animal that you can run into is a wounded animal. And the devil is a wounded animal. How many of you understand? He is wounded by the word of God. And it says that he followed that lion into his own den. And when he went into the den of a lion, there he killed that lion in his own den. Listen, take the word right to the enemy and there destroy him where he resides. Listen to me, because it says that we can bind him in the heavenlies and we can loose on earth whatever we need to loose. And it has to go through the heavenlies. So pay attention to this. If there's sickness in your home, take a hold of your wife, take a hold of your husband and say, you know what, we're going to agree on this because the Bible says we're two or three are gathered together. Well, there's me, her, and the Holy Spirit. Somebody say amen. So when you see your wife, your husband sick, go to God. Go to the written word. Uh, I, we was over at Lonnie and Mickey's house the other day and we went to the written word. Listen to what the written word says in James. 5.13 Any of you afflicted? Let him pray. That affliction means depressed. It means if you're down, if, if, if there's things that are just gloomy to you and you can't get through it because it's got a hold of you. He said, let him pray. Then he goes, he said, is any of you married? Let him sing. And then the next one, uh, 14, says this. Any of you sick? Call for the elders of the church. Then them elders come together and take the oil in their hands and they anoint you. And the elders offer up the prayer of faith. God hears the prayer of faith. And he says this. He said, and he will heal them. And if they have committed sin, they shall be forgiven. So God has all around taken care of everything that we have. Now I'm trying to uh, make a foundation here to go somewhere. I hope I get there. Okay. Because what's going to happen is now the Holy Spirit is going to relate to us what we must do. How many of you know the Holy Spirit will talk to you? Okay, I'll try it again. How many of you know the Holy Spirit will talk to you? He's God. He'll talk to you. He'll tell you what to say. 
Oh, I love this. He says, he, Jesus says, hey, in that day when you stand before the magistrate, he said, don't rehearse anything. He said, you stand there, you open your mouth, and that word that's inside you, he said, I'm going to speak through you. Holy Spirit is going to speak through us so that we'll know what to say to the magistrate, so we'll know what to say to people. I love that because he said he'd speak through me. So if that be the case, I just keep needing to fill myself with the word, with the word, fill myself with the word. The guy said to me the other day, seriously, he said, I read the word and I don't understand it. I said, keep reading. Keep reading. He did. He said, I, uh, I can't remember right who said, I read the book of Jeremiah. I don't understand it. I said, keep reading. Right? So I said, I read the book of Isaiah. I don't understand. Keep reading. There's a lot of things in there I don't understand. Lonnie was telling me about, what was that thing Lonnie said real quick where the guy said, it's not what I, go ahead. It's not what I don't understand, but I understand that I have to hear it. Yeah. He says, it's not what I don't understand, but it's what I do understand. Isn't that right? And so that's what, what God does. So go, go to the Word. This, this thing is going to the Word, and there's a reason why we need to go to the Word. So, so their life is in the balance. The Holy Spirit's going to tell us what to do. Then Mordecai replies to Esther. And here's what he says. Now, here's what I'm going to say to you, church. Don't you for one minute think that when Antichrist comes in and takes over, it won't touch you. Amen. Don't you think for one minute, if this thing changes, Amen. it won't touch you. I tell you, liberals tickle me. Liberals tickle me. They want to go into socialism, Marxism, which leads to communism, by the way, as if it's not going to touch them. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? As if it's not going to touch them. Yeah, not very smart. Listen, I am telling you, if you don't think this thing is not going to touch you, you're wrong. You, if you don't want it to touch you, Go to the Word. Go to the Word and grab somebody and say, hey, you know what? Pastor Bill, time to have a prayer meeting. Me and old pastor went to Wednesday night. Went, went to battle for Jose back there. There's just two of us, wasn't there? And we went to battle, didn't we? And we won. Because three showed up. There was me and him and the Holy Spirit showed up. Now, understand this. It, it, it. God wants you to have prayer meetings. I, I, I don't want to get down that rabbit trail because my mind went on. Don't imagine that you, because, now listen to this, don't imagine because you live in the king's palace that you're going to escape. Don't imagine because you say, I'm a child of God, that I'm going to escape. Don't happen that way. Because, listen, he says this, you are put where you're put for a reason. Don't imagine you're going to escape any more than any of the rest of the Jews. The devil hates all human beings. He hates the saved and he hates the unsaved alike. Somehow we feel we're going to escape because we call ourselves Christians. No, that's not going to happen. We're not going to escape, and we don't need to escape because God has put us here for a purpose. For 14, now we're going to get into 14. For if you remain quiet, if you remain silent, everybody in this church look at me. You are going to have to speak up. Don't just leave that to me. I'll speak up. 
And I've been speaking up. Some of you have, but don't you stay silent. Because if you think you stay silent is going to help the problem, you're wrong. You, that is, part of the problem is the church being silent. Listen, Romans 8, 14, I like it. For as many as are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That one right there is the New King James. I like the New American Standard. These are the, the sons of God. Listen to me. I believe there's people inside of the church, and there are those who are sons. And who are those who are sons? Those who are being led by the Holy Spirit. And if you're led by the Holy Spirit, you can't stay silent on this matter. And the reason why you can't stay silent on this matter is because people's lives are hanging in the balance. When Christ truly comes in and the Holy Spirit baptizes us and he invades us like he does, listen, what we are going to have inside of us is a spirit that yearns to see people set free. The Spirit of God inside of us that yearns to see people saved. The Spirit of God inside of us that yearns to see people come to the Lord like never before. So they say, Pastor, why is there not revival? Because we are not yearning. We don't feel the unction of the Holy Spirit. Why did he say to his church that you repent? He didn't tell the world to repent. He said, it's my people who are called by my name. And then we never read 2 Chronicles 7.15. He said, then I will hear you. Then I will attend my ear unto you. And I will answer your prayer. And what is that? When we go to the Lord for the nation. He said, he healed. You know, heal it physical and heal healing. Spiritually, you can't stay silent any longer. There needs to be a fire burning inside of you. And you listen to me, and I'm not talking about being being forward and arrogant. I'm not talking about that. That's that's the worst testimony when you're forward and you're arrogant. But out of love, look at the issue and stop being silent and let people know the kingdom of God is at hand. John the Baptist preached, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And Jesus picked up that message and he said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Listen to me, understand something though. The church itself is the one that has to repent. If you read the book of Joel, he called the priests and the ministers to a solemn fast to repent first. He said, for if you remain quiet at this time, see the church is quiet on the matters of the utmost importance. How many of you understand that? We need to look at these things. She says relief and deliverance will arise or it's going to come from another place. God will not need a human agency to defend Israel. He won't. And he will not need a human agency to defend you or me. They come to you and they say, you know what, you're going to die. I say, yes, I am. So don't be feared. They come to you and they say, you know what, you're going to die. <laughs> yep, I am. If Jesus doesn't come, I'm going to die. Come on, people, don't look at me like that. I'm going to die. We all 
going to die. But how about this? Say, you know what? Yeah, that's true. But I am a Hebrew 927 man. It is appointed unto man once to die. After this, the judgment. Say, I got an appointment day you're not going to get me out of. I got an appointment day, I'm going to be laying down there and you're going to say, oh, let's pray for the pastor. We don't want him to die. And God said, he's going home. His work is finished. He's coming home. But how, how do you feel about that when you're laying there and you're sick and all of a sudden God said, you know what, your work's finished. Why don't you just come home? <laughs> and you know what, you're going to enjoy. Huh? Hebrews 9, 27. So everybody say, I am. I am. Uh, Hebrews. 9.27 and that is I'm leaving at God's appointment Woo. say this, the devil you have nothing to say about it it's true it's so true it's so true, somebody say that it is true, you know and so we have to look at that, we look at that so, so don't run in fear, so he says this he says God's going to listen to us he said for if you remain quiet you know, he said believe and deliverance is going, oh, I know now where I was going. I was trying to find out where I was going. That's why, that's why it's good to write it down. You know, God doesn't need the human agency to deliver you. And God doesn't need the human agency to deliver Israel. And you know why? Because the ally of Israel is the church went on and prayed. And do you know why God doesn't need a human agency to deliver you? Because the church is praying. I'm not telling you not to go to doctors. I'll, I'm not that the doctor took care of me, okay? I'm not saying that. I'm saying this. I'm saying when they look at me and say, no. I'm saying, listen, God is the one with the last say. And God don't need a human agency. Okay, Holy Spirit, I hear that. You know what? When them 100-pound hailstones start to bombard this earth, Ooh, I don't know why the Lord's giving me that right there real quick. But hey, that's not going to be a human agency. When men run to the rocks and mountains, man, I'm telling you right now, that's not a human agency. That is God pouring out. Okay, Lord, I said that. Now I'm going to get back to the message. He said, relief and deliverance will arise. It will not be a human agency. But he will use you in defense because you're made available. And so I, I'm going to go into this, okay? The left will have as many problems as the right. Understand that. The left is going to have as many problems as the right if we don't start walking in blessing. You, the queen, he says to her, he says, you're the only one that can intervene. Okay, can we stay on this same line? Who's the queen? Church! Churches, we I know all you key men think, oh, we're we're the bride of Christ. The queen <laughs> delivered Jewish people, and the queen will go before the Lord and deliver you. The queen will go before the Lord. We are the bride of Christ, and that scepter is held out 24-7. And you are weak in your faith. Grab a hold of somebody 
that has faith to strengthen your faith and see what God can do. Take God at his word. Take him literally and say, Lord, it is written. And remind God this. It's not that he forgets, but he loves us when we remind him and remind him and say this. Where two or three have gathered together, you're in the midst of them. And you say anything that we ask, believing and doubting not, you will give to us. And if that be the case, then think of the power that is in this church right now. Think of the power that's in your family. Think of the power that's in your business. Think of the power and the authority that God has given you that's right there in your hand. And here's what God says. He says, I want you to stand up and I want you to come to me in behalf of the United States of America. We're going to start praying from 5 to 6 for this election. And we're going to be praying for this country. And I'm going to tell you, you cannot stay quiet in this matter. There has got to come a time when you'll stand up. We're going to be here 5 to 6. Listen, we're going to pray for this country. Because the Lord said if we pray, he'll hear, he'll deliver. Now listen to what he says. Because he says this. Who knows? Who knows? Jonathan and his armor bearer. They look, and all they can see is Philistines. No, Jonathan says to the armor bearer, Come on, let's go. And the armor bearer doesn't say, What? Now, I thought the armor bearer had more faith than Jonathan. Because the armor bearer is the guy that goes first. And so, so that armor bearer says, Okay. Now here's Jonathan's testimony. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe God will show up. So he just, by faith, goes. Three Hebrew children are standing before a merciless king. And they said, oh, king, live forever. But we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Our God is more than able to deliver us. But whether he does or whether he does not, we're not bowing to that idol. Who knows? Who knows? Jonathan said, who knows? And they went up there and they defeated the Philistine. And how did they defeat the Philistine? It's pretty simple if you really want to know the truth. I always used Joab, okay? I used Joab, it might have been something else. But David's ready to go into battle. And Jay, Jay, Joab says, how do we know when to go? And David said, when you hear the rustling of the leaves in the mulberry trees. Whew. What is that? He said, that's God's mighty army going before us. Mighty, it's his mighty army going before us. And the Lord showed me one day, we now are that mighty army that can go before those who need him. Because listen, the kingdom of God has been established in us. He said, God will go before you. God is going before you now. Who knows? 
God knows. Who knows? Is God with us today? The scripture says that he is. The lepers are hungry. They don't have nothing to lose. Right? They're hungry and they're dying. So they say, well, look, we might as well go into that camp. Right, on? Is that what they said? That we got nothing to lose. We're dead men anyway. And they went in there when everybody was afraid. And they went in there. God had already delivered. I don't know that's all my God delivers again. Oh, my God. You ever heard that? Delivers again. Just when things get hopeless. How's that go? He reaches down his hand. Then all the forces of evil have to bow at his command. Just when things look hopeless, my God delivers again. Listen, God delivers. I'm almost done. And now he's going on to say, listen to what he says. He says to her, he says, you might not know this, Esther, but you have attained, have you not attained royalty for such a time as this? See, God placed her, she is royalty. And the king is madly in love with her. And do you know that God is madly in love with you? I think we tend to forget that God is madly in love with us. And he does not want us, listen, to be in lack. Can you say amen? And listen, more than enough is not good with God. You know, when, when, when Ruth is gleaning and, and Boaz says, leave her enough, leave her enough. And you know what? But you know what Naomi said? More than enough is not, that's not enough. We don't want just what's held back. Naomi said, if you do this thing right, I love this part. Naomi says to Ruth, if you do this thing right, that man will not get no sleep until he's taking care of the matter. That's what he said. See, because Boaz fell in love with Ruth when he first saw her, and Naomi realized that Boaz fell falling in, in love with Ruth, and then uh, uh, Naomi said, you know what? We just get a, clean, a handful, you know, a handful, a handful. She said, that's not enough. She said, if you will go and do what I say or do as the written word says, listen, if you will pay attention to me this morning, God will not sleep until your matter is taken care of. God doesn't sleep, but he'll take care of your matter if you have faith. So he says to Ruth, he says, do you not know that maybe God put you here and attained unto royalty for this time? I want you to look at your hand, front to back. Seriously, look at your hand, everybody. Do you understand that that hand right there that you have is your most valuable weapon besides the, the Bible itself? Because, listen, the Bible talks about the laying on of the hands. Isn't that amazing? The laying on of the hands. And what is that? Because that is God going through you because he loves you to heal someone else. Is that right? 
I lay hands on myself. Somebody say amen. I lay hands on myself. I'm laying in that bed, and when I lay in that bed, the Lord pain hits me. I say, in the name of Jesus, I'm healed. In the name of Jesus, I'm healed. And you know what? God touches me every time. All right, so you came to the world to end this. You say, get through it, Pastor. And I'm trying my best, really. I'm, I just feel like it's a good message if you can hear it. See, because we've attained unto royalty. Now, this is going to be hard for you. Especially if you just had a fight with your husband or wife. Look, look, look at your wife. Look at your husband. And say, I have attained unto royalty. <laughs> Or look at a friend. You guys can look at a friend. I have attained unto royalty. Why have I attained unto royalty? Let me, let me show you why. This wonderful lady right here. Are you 96 or 97? 96. She fell down this morning. And her face is all busted up. But you know what? A bunch of us got together and said, okay. She had the faith to come to church, and we had the faith to lay yeah. hands on her and speak into her. These bruises will go away, and there's not going to be a thing wrong. How many of you would agree with us in faith on that? And here she is, 96 years old, still depending on the Lord. All right. Wow, this is good this morning. I'll be here. Right now, you have to go there. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. So now you've already claimed that you're royalty, right? Because you're saved and you're born again and you're in the kingdom of God. You're being led by the spirit of God, so you're sons of God. Now, here's what Peter says. But you are a chosen race. He goes on to say, you are not a people that you are now, a people of God. He said, you are a chosen race. Listen to what he says. A royal the difference between uh, Esther and us, Esther was a queen. But we are a priesthood. How many of you understand that? We have attained unto royalty to be a priesthood. Now listen, God is not going to leave anything out of that Bible that you need. And so when you go before the Lord, whether you go before the Lord for yourself or whether you go for another person or whether you go for your nation, listen, you have the right to go before the Lord because we are a royal priesthood and Christ Jesus is the high priest. And the, the, the book of Hebrews says he is the great high priest. He is one who is never going to die. He is perpetually a priest after the order or according to the order of, of Melchizedek. Understand this one thing. He is high priest. We are of that priesthood. We have attained unto royalty. If we can get a hold of this and we can change the circumstances in people's lives, in the lives of our nation, we can change those if we have the faith to understand that God has called us for this time. People, God has called us for this time. For this time. You say, I'm nothing, and you need to remain that way. It's called humility. But you need to say, he's everything, and he works through me. So listen, understand this. He has called us 
for this time. And Peter says, you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood. Now here's where we get into a little bit of a problem. He says, you are a holy nation. He's talking to the church. He's saying, church, you're a holy nation. How many of you got that? We need to walk in holiness. You're a holy nation. Now, a people for God's own possession. I am God's. I am God's. That you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Trying to bring darkness to our country. But what do you say we get together and we start to pray that God will bring his marvelous light? Stand with me if you would. The church has been called to royalty from the resurrection. The church is called royalty as the bride of Christ. We will we have access to the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and his name is Jesus. Christ always has the scepter out for his queen, his bride. Philippians 4, 6. The whole book of Hebrews teaches us that we can come with boldness and we can come with confidence. Esther said this, here's my plan. I will intercede. I will intercede for the Jews. The church needs to say, I will intercede for our country. I will intercede for the church. Listen, if ever there was a day, people pay attention. If there was ever a day to take a day out of your week, fast and stop. Fast. I'm not talking about fasting from TV. Some people say, well, I'm going to fast from TV. That's ridiculous. I'm talking about a fast where you take no food. I'm talking about with that fast, you get down on your face before the Lord. Do you know what's happening right now? Here's what I love. And the Lord showed me this. We got this COVID. And so, you know, people had to start working out of their homes and mama become mama again. Anybody ever realize that? Mama had to go home. Isn't that wonderful? What the devil thought was bad, mama now has to go home. Dad has to go home and be dad. Isn't God wonderful how he does things? Romans 8, 28, all these things that are bad, God turns around and causes them for the good to them who love him and fall according to his purpose. Isn't that interesting? People have got back together. And you know what? Bill's camper, go over to Bill's camper. He's got two campers left. You know why? COVID-19. And so people just bought a lot of campers and started camping. Families got back together. You don't think God doesn't have a plan. In God do it. Let me finish this up. Yeah, play whatever God's given you. I, I love it. When Job was down in the midst of everything, and he said, Man, God, have you forgotten me? God said, Where were you? I created this day. Where were you when I hung the stars? Where were you when I created that Leviathan in the sea? He wouldn't do it. Where were you, Job? Where were you? 
said, now, Job, I want you to stand up like a man. So he stood up. And when, when God started saying to Job, where were you? Oh, Job realized he's made Because Job had a testimony. And Job said, I don't know where he's at. Can't feel him on the right. Can't feel him on the left. Don't know if he's in front of me or behind me. But listen to what Job said. He said, but he knows where I'm at. And when he hath found me, I shall come forth. He said, I know my Redeemer liveth. Oh my goodness. It's called anointing. And my eyes will behold my Redeemer. Boy, there's just such a freedom and anointing in here this morning. Fast for the church. I'll finish. And she had such a testimony. She totally committed herself to it. Romans 8 says the flesh cannot please God. But in Hebrews 11 6 says faith does. 